You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeff Robinson scouted for the Minnesota Vikings for years. He played Big Ten football for Northwestern, and before that, back in the Minneapolis City Conference, and he joins us now. And Jeff, I'm going to start with one off the beaten path. You, you went to Northwestern, and yeah. um, I've always wondered why. Uh, when I look at this, is a basketball question now. I, I look at Duke, right? Um, high academic institution, uh, and, and they're able to win year in and year out. And I look at Northwestern, I say, high academic institution, uh, fertile ground. You're in Chicago. You're not far from anywhere to recruit. Why has Northwestern not be able to been able to kind of turn that into a mini Duke or some version of that? Well, I think they're in the process of trying to do that. They haven't quite been able to get a foothold, you know, like Duke has per se. And really, the only Duke is really the only private school that has consistently been able to do that. I mean, if you look at Stanford, they've kind of had yeah, you know, yeah, and up and down. Vanderbilt some ups and downs, so you know, Wake Forest, some ups and downs. So really, Duke has really been the only one who who has consistently been able to do it. But I just I thought with proximity to Chicago, that would be, in Milwaukee, really an unbelievable advantage. Yeah, and, you know, the the thing is that at one point, Northwestern had more guys from Europe playing on their team than they yeah. did um, from the U.S., and, and that's a problem. So I think I think they had to make a administrative decision to to start recruiting the Chicagoland area harder. And, you know, they did it in football, and it's helped them a lot. And, you know, now it's starting to show up in basketball as well as they're starting to get, you know, better better and more players on a consistent basis. But it's still, you know, they've got a, they've got a, a former Duke player as their coach with Chris Collins. So, you know, yeah. he, he knows the blueprint. Yeah. He's from the Chicago area, so... You know, really, they just have to kind of put it all together on a consistent basis and make it go. And, you know, this team that they've got this year is probably one of their better teams as far as matching up with, with the Big Ten Conference. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, even, you know, even a guy like Ben Johnson, he was there. And, you know, he, he saw right. the ins and outs of Northwestern basketball, you know, when he was there before he came back. To yeah, when people forget so, that. You know, he played there first. Yeah, I mean, you know, we still <laughs> like to claim him as a Northwestern guy, you know, despite <laughs> – Despite him leaving, we still claim him too. Yeah, for sure. Now, Jeff, I know that uh, the, the, everybody's pondering this. You know, GM, next coach, all those things. And, and somebody asked me the other day. Said, "Well, how how does somebody work their way up to become a general manager? Coaches, we kind of know a little bit more about because we've seen their coordinators and, and whatnot." And I thought, you know. I know how that works, but I bet a lot of people don't know how that works. Uh, you've been out in that pro personnel field for a lot of years. W- what is the general travels of someone who becomes a general manager? How, how do they end up escalating to that position? Well, there's a, there's a few different roads that people normally take um, to become a general manager. I mean, obviously, you have to go through the, 
through the different phases of the scouting process. You know, the the pro side, the college side, dealing with the draft, dealing with free agency, um, you know, deal, dealing with OTAs and interacting with the coaches to get a feel for the type of things that they're looking for in players, um, going through the cuts of training camp. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of phases to the whole process. You know, obviously, you know, the, the business side with the salary cap. So you kind of have to incrementally, you know, learn all the different pieces that go into um, not only the football on the field part of it, but the off the field part of it. And through that process, as you learn it, you know, then, then you usually tend to become a candidate or, you know, get yourself positioned to be an assistant general manager or somewhere in that pipeline. But, it, you know, guys take different paths, you know, just because of where they're at in the stages of their life. You know, if you have a family, a lot of times, you know, you'll tend to go more towards the pro side of things, whereas a lot of the college guys aren't married and then they kind of get grooved into the college side. But, you know, the path is just the knowledge overall of what happens both on the field and off the field and, and your ability to mesh with the coaching staff as well as um, to to work with the business part of football and and to interact, you know, accordingly. Jeff Robinson is our guest, longtime uh, scout and worker and pro personnel for the Minnesota Vikings. So what is the most important skill that you need to develop? You know, I, I look at the resumes of people that they talk about right now, and, and, you know, they all can look impressive. And, and the other thing that you're never sure of is, you know, when they come from a winning organization, you go, is that because they can, you know, it's easy to fall in love with that person, but you're going, is that because they did work or is that simply because they got a great quarterback on that team? You know, it's hard to differentiate. How do you, how do you prove yourself that, that you're worthy of something like that? What's the most important skill that you have? Is it, is it identifying talent? Is it, is it the ability to hire the right coach? Which one is the most important thing that you need to develop to impress people? Well, to, to identify talent is always the basis of everything because if you can't identify the talent, which is all tied into working with the coaching staff, then usually your team isn't going to fare very well um, overall. But the the ability to have longevity in identifying talent is the key, you know, to to making ascensions because you're right. I mean, the first thing you always do when whenever there's a winner, whether that's the Super Bowl or you know. Uh, divisional champion you know everybody goes well who is it on those teams that we can pluck you know and make them and make them part of our team so that you know they can give us all their secrets but yeah. the reality is like you say is it might not be that person it might be somebody else within that group that that helps them to have success and then you know the the flip side of that is you know when you look at the things that um the new england um, organization has done over the years everybody goes well is it the one guy or is it the people that work with the one That's guy right. who caused them to have such success and when you look at the track record you go eh, I don't know yeah so, because because the, everybody's tried it and, and, and not many people have had much success with plucking away those New England people right so it, except yeah, for Tom Brady you know right once you once you separate them you don't always know what the quality is and, and that's kind of where you have to um, take a take a longer look at, at that person's track record and and talk to them and see the, the players that they individually have identified to, to help those particular teams win. And usually, you know, if, if that individual can name a player that, you know, has popped up on people's radar that, you know, wasn't a, wasn't a well-known commodity when they got him, then usually you, you know that, you know, they, they're a grinder, as they say so often, but somebody who will look under any rock to find talent. 
Now, um, when I'm watching that national championship game the other night against you know Alabama and Georgia, and they all look wonderful. It looks like an NFL buffet, man. Give me some of that, and then give me that guy, and give me that guy, and I'm I'm going to be here all day. Um, and, and I'm trying to figure out if you're a scout and you're watching that, how you separate, you know, because to an extent, the same thing. You see a great defensive tackle, or is he a great defensive tackle because they got to spend so much time uh, uh, accounting for the middle linebacker? Uh, when you watch a game like that, how do you determine whether somebody's an NFL product or not? What, what, what do you hone in on? Well, there, there's two things that you hone in, obviously, and you can't always tell just um, with the naked eye because you're not seeing a wide enough camera angle. But, um, you know, a lot of times just the natural athleticism shows up so much, which obviously that's your, when you see that natural athleticism with those guys who are making play after play and running around and making plays on the ball, then, you know, that that's something to make note of. But the, the thing that you really can't see off of the television angles is you know the angles that people are taking and how fast they're reacting to to what they see and things like that so it's it's kind of another idea where you go oh that guy looks like a pretty talented player that guy looks like a pretty talented player but you really don't know it until you study a little bit further and kind of look at their angles look at the reaction times um and you know look at how they how they take on blocks and things of that nature so it's a it's a process where, yeah, you, you can see their athleticism on TV and you can know that they're good, but you really can't um, know how good until you really look further into what they're all about. And usually with teams like those two teams, because of the way that they recruit year in and year out, that you know they, they do have top quality um, players at, mo- at most positions. And you know, obviously it was, it was George's time this year, but based upon – that All American game that that came on um, right before the national championship game. Both of them have a lot of high school players, top high school players that are heading in, into those programs as well. So it, it doesn't look to me like there's going to be a, a huge drop off coming back next year. No, no. Is Delvin Cook's brother got a chance to be as good as Delvin Cook? Where does he fit? Uh, there's no question about it, and, and and I think Delvin would tell you that. You know, he's. He's not as big, but he's faster, um, he's quicker, and he's probably a better receiver in space than Dalvin. He's not He's not as strong in traffic, um, and I don't know if he's as quick in and out of the hole as Dalvin, but he's, he's a very talented player. And, you know, again, he's another one of those guys that was in that All-American game just a couple years ago, and, and now he was lighting it up this year for, for Georgia, you know, every week, basically. Now, what is the general man, whoever the next general manager of the Minnesota Vikings getting into? What is what, what are they getting into? And what do they need to know uh, about where the Vikings are at right now in terms of salary cap, veteran heavy? Uh, what what is going to define? What what is it they need to be aware of uh, if they want to wear that hat? Well, the first thing is always the, the issue that you said, the salary cap, because. When, when you have a, a good understanding of where a team is as far as the salary cap goes, it kind of tells you um, where, where you're going to be at for the next couple of years as far as building your overall team. And, you know, right now Minnesota is fortunate that, that the cap number is going up over the next couple of years because I think it kind of uh, restricted them, and you could see it in the way that uh, that they had to redo some contracts over the last couple of years. But, um, you look at that, you look at the age of of the veteran players on your team, you look at who who uh, your star players are and how those contracts look. Um, 
So those are those are the things you look at first and foremost, so you can try to figure out where where the positions of need are um, to balance off what the salary cap looks like. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting because everybody wants to to point it at the quarterback and say, well, you know, just get rid of him. But the salary cap says says different than that. And and when you're dealing with the salary cap over as opposed to just looking at at an individual player, you know, the, those things have to balance off so that you're not putting yourself in a bind um, with or without a player. So those those things do come into play. And, you know, but but for a new general manager, it, it might not be a bad idea to have a veteran quarterback because, you know, he can help to steady the ship for all the new players coming sure. in to help the coaching staff to kind of get themselves settled because they've been through this before. So it's not always a bad idea to have a veteran quarterback as opposed to a younger quarterback or, or veteran players per se, as opposed to just talking about a quarterback, but to have those veterans around so that they can help to ease the process, not only for the general manager, but, you know, for that new coaching staff that's coming in as well, because, you know, the reality is the the general manager and the coach have to work in unison to kind of help steady the ship through the transition of, you know, putting a new product on the field. Now, along those lines, uh, if you're going to hire a coach and a general manager, obviously I'm thinking, well, you got to hire the general manager first. He's got to hire the coach. And, and I forgot Cleveland didn't do that. They hired Stefanski first, and they let him be a part of hiring uh, the general manager, and and I, and I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I, I guess it's all you know. You you want to get the same net result, but it, it doesn't make much sense to me that, that the coach would help hire the general manager if the general manager is going to be that guy's boss. Tell tell me about that progression. Do, do you see a scenario where they could hire the coach first? No, um, the normal progression is obviously to hire the general manager first. And Cleveland's situation was different because Kevin had interviewed there the year before. And as well as Andrew Berry. So Andrew Berry had actually worked there before. So they both had, they both had familiarity with the owner and the structure of the Browns organization. Um, and then when this all happened, I think, I think it was more just about the timing of the hires as opposed to the hires themselves. But, um, they both had been friends before because they're both Ivy League guys and they both played in the Ivy League. And so they had worked together, knew each other from the Philadelphia area. So with that Cleveland situation, it was different than most situations where usually the general manager gets hired first and then the coach gets hired because you, you normally want that general manager to be a part of the process. So again, they can start building that team right after, right after that selection is made. If you were hiring a coach and you're selling them on Minnesota, do you think this is a good locker room to be in charge of or a difficult locker room? No, I think it's a good locker room. I think there's a lot of veteran leaders on the team who, you know, they have a good understanding not only of the Vikings team itself, but they also have a good understanding of the NFC North. You know, they the guys on this team have, you know, they've competed against the Aaron Rodgers and they've they've had to deal with the elements of the weather and things like that. So they have a good understanding of that. And they also have a good understanding, um, again, of of how to be a leader in Minnesota because, you know, anytime you're coming from, you know, warmer climates to, you know, a Midwest climate, it's not always the easiest transition. And, you know, for the most part, uh, a lot of players on the team are from warmer climates, not necessarily the South, but, you know, the West as well. And so, and so you need to factor that in, you're saying? You have to factor all, you have to factor all those things in because you have to get guys to buy in 
not only just the things that happen during the season, but but really more about the off-season things that happen as far as where you're going to train at, where you're going to live at, all those things um, to where you're, you, when you're trying to build a team, you want guys that will buy into the overall factors, not just the factors that take place during the season itself. And I think that, again, there's a lot of leaders on, on that team and in that locker room who, you know, whether a lot of people know that they're the leaders or not, they are, and they, you know, they, they make a lot of decisions that influence um, the way a lot of those younger players think. And, and for the most part, over the past few years, that's really helped helped a lot overall just because of the fact that, that there have been some veterans that have left and some other guys have been able to step in right away, but also because of the fact that the coaching staff has had a lot of transitions over the last few years, uh, particularly on offense, but you know even the defensive staff has had some transitions. And I think when that happens, it, it's uh, on those veteran leaders to kind of fill in the voids not only just, you know, as far as teaching guys how to play and the things to do um, on the field, but also, you know, the things that they need to know as far as taking care of their bodies and, you know, just how to, you know, maneuver in life because, you know, guys, when we get them, are so young. Last question, Jeff Robinson, our guest, been in pro personnel for a long time. Uh, is it possible for a guy to be a head coach and general manager anymore, or is that is that ship sailed in the NFL? I think that ship has sailed for the most part. I think the only people who probably have that capability, I mean, Coach Belichick in New England would be one, and I'm not sure, even sure who I would say. Yeah, and and, 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 and to be honest about it, there are places where, you know, the general manager might have the title, but we all know the head coach is making the moves, and and then the GM gets to do all the stuff the head coach doesn't want to do, right? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and and I think it's really, it's up to those individual teams, but it's pretty hard in the modern day just because of the demands uh, on both positions as far as, you know, one, getting your team ready to play or getting ready for, you know, the off-season um, issues that coaches have to deal with as opposed to, you know, on the on the business side as far as the GM goes, as far as free agency goes, as far as the draft goes, um, getting getting everybody ready to go for training camp. So there's really two there's two different parallel things that are going on at the same time that, you know, they have to work in unison, but they also have a, a huge list of demands that both of them have to undertake for success. Jeff, appreciate it very much. We will keep talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you real soon, but thanks so much. All right, Maxie, take care. You bet. Jeff Robinson, nice enough to join us on News Talk 830 WCCO. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 